Hello, you're listening to the Sunny Side oh, Podcast twice. show. Oh, two shows. I know. He's I just wanted. I just wanted. Like, I could see PJ gearing up. Already took oh, his glasses see. off and everything. Oh, I was like, ah, not today, fucko. Go on then. All right, you're listening to the Sunny Side Podcast show. I'm Scott. I'm Ron. I'm PJ. Cue the music. So last week we talked about your dad's um, eating habits, breakfast. Oh yeah, and and I I, I kind of thought four Weetabixes with sugar puffs piled <laughs> high on top. Like I mean I don't know, I, off with I, a I don't even I don't even think that you're imagining it correctly because you're probably imagining it in a regular cereal bowl. <laughs> it wasn't. It was my, basically in a fruit bowl. My yeah, my dad used to have a fruit like effectively a fruit bowl. He it was like chew out of which I think might have been a thing dads it, did in those. It was in, like in those days. It was like a time. It was like if you were making the thing on a potter's wheel. If you were making a cereal bowl, uh-huh. but you just let it didn't get any higher. Yeah, You're still very very like kind of shallow. Yeah, but just really wide, like a pasta bowl. Uh, yeah, kind of, but really, like really, really shallow, but really it's wide. Like dads go in somewhere, and go, well, that bowl. Have you got anything twice that size for soup? But not height wise, no, just I twice just... the width. We're all about girth. <laughs> well, do you think they just sold these things in the late seventies as dad bowls? Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'd be, yeah, I'd be surprised if they daddy didn't. bowl. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would say so. And um, you can't get them now. Also, no, twee, it's all tiny pasta bowls and stuff. He's and... still using the same one that he Is used. He? Yeah, wow, yeah, yeah, that's admirable. That's, yeah, that's it's a... like. It, yeah, it's funny because my mum got it. It came as because it's it matches all of the other bowls. So it came as as part of a matches set. all the other bowls and plates. But and, it's the and only stuff. one there is. But it's yeah. But it's there's only one of them that came with it. That's my seat, and that's so my bowl. Like, so if you it's get, it's got to be a fruit bowl that goes with it. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. You think it, he he's looked at it? Goes, it's it's this, not quite this like is, it's, it's this about, is not this bowl is not big enough for breakfast. I can't I can't get all of my breakfast in this breakfast bowl. I'm to, like, is it is it like an oblong shape? Is is it, no, it's, it's right. No, it's right. Size of a dinner plate, but with the depth of a, it's, it's a, a breakfast it's bowl. It's slightly <laughs> slightly less than the dinner plates, but like yeah, and with, had, with more he depth. Four? He had four Weetabixes, and right. then it pie and like a mound. Were you Mound enough, high of sugar puffs. Were you old enough to remember the advertising campaign around shredded wheat saying, can you eat three shredded wheat? Or not? Do you remember but that? you can't eat three. I mean, sh- shred, I could eat three shredded wheat. Shredded wheat's basically fucking air. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that was the whole point of the advertising campaign is make idiots think that they were doing something amazing. <laughs> yeah, when I was a child, it was like, can I, mum, I actually remember asking my mum, can I eat three shredded wheat? She went, no, that's just so they can sell more shredded wheat. Your mum was right. <laughs> she was right. I oh, just wanted hell. to do it once. I just wanted to do it the one time. But do we need cereal? I don't think we need cereal at all. I love cereal. I do like cereal. Cereal is like, <laughs> I know. Like, I, to, be honest, to be honest, it's my meal of choice. <laughs> uh, do you remember banana bubbles? What the fuck? No. Banana bubbles, anybody? Listen, I'm, like old, I'm, I'm, I'm older than you. I mean, Ron, you look like a man who on, on, on a day has eaten cereal for breakfast, lunch and dinner. I've got frosted shreddies out there right now. <laughs> Ready to go. Yeah. Banana bubbles was the cereal that thinks it's a milkshake. The fuck? You know what? I'm not fussed on any of the cereals apart from Cocoa Pops, which turned the milk a different color. Yeah, so Banana Bubbles was, ch- was Cocoa Pops, except banana flavored. Mm, no, um, I'm, I'm out. I miss Ricicles. Ricicles were good. This is top class uh, content. I mean, fuck it. I, they well, know no, what no. they're signing up for. Well, that's true, that's true. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash Sunnyside podcast. <laughs> um, I don't like any American 
cereals. They're, they're far too sugar. The, sh- the sugar in those cereals would give me palpitation. Lucky Charms, eat... things like that. Lucky, Lucky oh. Charms. Uh, what else did we have? An Oreo cereal, like Reese's Pieces cereal. <gasps> did I tell you, did I, Thomas eats Weedos. Like, they're like, we, but it's only, only Weedos. That's all he will eat. What are Weedos? Weedos, Weedos are, are like... the wee round circular ones that look like tiny, but, tiny anuses. But they're chocolate? Little, little tiny pig anuses. But oh, no, it's not, it's not Weedos that I like. I like Raisin Wheat. Yeah. No, that sounds like the same, but worse. Um, no, well, they're, they cho- well, what, they're chocolatey. They're Cheerios. Chocolate. Yeah, they're Cheerios, but chocolate. But chocolatey, right. okay. So, mm. so he eats so many of these things, and he's always at them like for breakfast. And he told me, so he's 11 now, and he said, Daddy, one time when I was five, you said I ate so many Weedos I might turn into one, and I was really worried. <laughs> my, genuinely see, it's, stuff like that, it's stuff like that that I'm worried about, because I remember... You will turn into a Weedo? No, but, but parents saying, st- saying stuff like yeah, that, because I remember, I remember when I was a kid... I, my mum was putting me into bed and I was in my, I was in my pajamas, but I still had my socks on and she put me into bed and either she went to take them off or I said, can I keep them on? But, or, or when she went to take them off, I said, can I keep them on? Uh, and she was like, no, if you sleep in bed with your socks, your feet will go on fire. Jesus Christ. And I swear to God from like, for a really long time, <laughs> I was convinced. I was like, well, no socks in bed. Doesn't matter how fucking cold friction. it is. It's the friction. <laughs> Your feet will what go on was, fire. What was your socks made of? I don't know. <laughs> Not asbestos, Sh- that's for sure. Sh- straw and match heads. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I no, I do like cereal. Did cereal you? So is, did, right. So what I was going to say is, like this morning, Thomas woke me up at about nine o'clock, and from nine o'clock to two o'clock in the afternoon, he had me working on various projects of his. Right. <laughs> He he started, so you remember his little comic, mm-hmm. Why Not, that he's done, and I had inked up some of his comic and kind of helped him do it. Now he's producing a Why Not card game, and he wanted them scanned into the computer. He was going to ink them on my iPad and then colour them on the iPad and then print them out. And so we've done all them. We've printed them out and cut them out in card, and he stuck them all on card. What kind of game mechanics are we talking about here? It's, it's a very simple card game. There, I'll, I'll send you the link because he wants them all online. So they, it's all the characters from uh, Why Not? So mm-hmm. each character has a card, and they have their various powers and their skills and stuff and their health. Uh, and then they have like cards that can give them special attacks and stuff. But I'm like going... My dad wouldn't have given me the time of day, and I'm spending fucking hours on. I'm like going down at. I need an hour at least to do my own work because she said, "Well, you haven't done anything today." I'm going fucking working for Tom. My my dad would my dad would have if it was in his <clears throat> wheelhouse. It yeah. was like something related to cereal. <laughs> Yeah. If it was like outdoorsy or well, this is in my wheelhouse. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the problem is like my... if it was something outdoorsy, like or if we we're going to build something, or because yeah. I remember for um, for GCSE technology, I built a um, a BB gun like target sensor mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. He was all over that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I, I feel like. Yes, hands-on stuff like mm-hmm. handy yeah, if stuff. I said then... my dad, you know, when he use a hammer and a screwdriver and things like that, he'd know yeah. about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But as it was, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> what about Artie stuff? Was he? No, not nothing. Not slightest, no no makey things. No, nothing like that. No, no. No. I like it. My my dad never read to me or anything like that. So he never was interested in the things that I genuinely was interested in, except for Disney. And in that case, that that well, seemed, that, that, that that seemed like, cruel. Like, put it like this: my dad went to Disney and played golf. <laughs> mm. So, and probably because yeah. it was a free holiday. Yeah. 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 
I mean, PJ's holiday. taking a free holiday to somewhere he, the, the, where he, he intends to do none of the activities. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure my father's taken a holiday anywhere in the last 25 years that didn't involve golf course. Ah, right. Oh, yeah. So if you, if you came in, Dad, Dad, I've been told in school I've got to make like a, a golf cart or something. Or some sort of golf-related thing. I don't know. I don't know what golf does. Well, I've got to make, I've got to make one of those little golf holes that the automa- automatically returns the ball. Oh, that would like be businessmen in oh, the wait, 80s wait, had in their wait, office. No, we had one of those. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Dad, I need to make one of these for technology. Here, use that one. Problem, <laughs> problem solved. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so your kids aren't good, but Hannah will do all the crafty. Hannah will do, the, the do crafty. So you go, what's that, kids, a project? Let's go. Yeah. She's um, now freelance. She's quit her job and oh, is yeah. doing art. What's she do freelance? When, art what facilitation. Is that? What is that? Okay, what does so, that mean? So she does. So she buys the paints. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that seems patronising. <laughs> um, so, like at the minute, on a Tuesday night, she teaches a beginners class on crocheting. Okay. She is also doing a class on. Were these things she already did or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she's t- teaching a class on, uh, they're mostly like traditional crafts, mm. rag rug making. Okay. Um, and how to use those. That seems like, like just crocheting, but, but in a slightly different form. R- r- no, rag rug is very different from crocheting. <laughs> You're going to have to very different. Different. what rag rug is. It's made out of rags. So you get, so as much as I, as much as I know about it. It normally involves like a piece of like sackcloth or hessian okay. cloth, mm-hmm. and then you get this like a real sharp like like an ice pick looking thing, uh-huh. and then you have strips of rag for like discarded so fabric. It sounds vaguely like an alibi you, for killing your husband and, and disposing you of his push body. Push it through, yeah, and okay. then I think you you push it. I think you push it through from like the middle, and then you pull it through the other side so that it makes like a little loop, mm-hmm. and you can make these really quite nice, ornate, and very soft like. Mats oh, okay. and rugs and okay. whatever, and you can make patterns like in the same way that like kind of cross stitch and that kind of thing. Mm. You can make so she makes um, she makes these little things that you can put in photo frames and, mm. and that kind of stuff. And she's so, all over Etsy, is she? All over Etsy, oh, that's what I yeah, all that sort of stuff. And she'll sit at night and do like you know just stuff for fun as well. Yeah, Cro- yeah sorry, crocheting I'm and going to kill Scott, knitting I'm gonna and kill him. I'm gonna stab I mean, I don't really know what. If she has a calendar of things, we can put it on as a, as a link in the show notes. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, she's got she's got classes coming up. I think so. Yeah, we can put it up. We can put the stuff up there. And is, so freelance going freelance that first time was because when I first went freelance and left my day job and it was like shit I don't know I mean I know I draw comics but fuck I don't know if there'd be enough work there so I went down to the market my dad had a market stall and I sold artwork and you know I yeah. did pins and characters stuff which I've never done since Yeah, just to make sure I had enough kind of coverage of to cast of, things yeah. Yeah, I mean she's, still, she's and, still working at the museum and stuff so mm. there's still days I, th- I mean I'm sure like she hasn't not had a class on for like yeah. the last year and she's been on maternity leave for the last yeah. year so I- I'm fairly confident that there'll be yeah. enough to keep us we should get Hannah on do you think water. Hannah would be on the show no. with not, not no. Her? no really yeah Okay, no, then. not interested. It's funny how our other house are very reticent she, about this stuff. I, I think we at one stage had an idea of getting the three of them, the three together. Of them oh, yeah. together to so, do somebody an Somebody suggested it, but I thought that was a non-starter from the get-go. I, I, um, was that your idea, Ron? It certainly was not. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think it was my idea. It was, wasn't me. Well, it sounds like something you, you know would what? Think. I think it was brought up at a Christmas dinner by uh, possibly by one of the girls. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't think it was. I thought really it was just serious. what PJ thought was threesome was again. 
<laughs> Three people in a room, right? That counts. Yeah, that, that's as close as I'd ever get. Yeah, I, no, I don't think she'll. I don't think she'd come oh, on the show. Okay. I mean, she could have advertised her wares. I mean, I can advertise it for her. All right, it's fine. Well, <laughs> with the the usual enthusiasm and joy to yeah, vive. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, have you? Have you? Because we've Annette and I have demarcated. Uh, Annette does hard homeworky stuff, and I do uh, fun time Bobby stuff. I do, I do making things I, and crafting things. How did things. you spring? Basically, I get to be the fun parent. It's, it's, just, the, the it's just the way it's happened. It's just the way it is. I, I think it happens that way for an awful lot of parents. <laughs> I think yeah. you might be right. I, th- I suspect, I mean, I mean, first of all, it's very hard not to walk into our house and go, ah, there's Annette reading a book and there's Paul drawing cartoons and go, yeah, I can see which one of those the kids would latch on to as, as like. I mean, fun, yeah, I mean, it were, you know. we're... Probably, which is not to say that's not fun. Eh? That's not that's a year or two or a year or something off. Ralphie having homework, yeah, and stuff. Um, oh, kid primary school homework's fucking murder. I don't know why it's so bad. It, that'll probably be it's Hannah. harder. It's nearly harder than secondary school homework because it's an hour every night of pointless stuff. Yeah, and they go, "What is it? Why well, homework's have to... pointless in general?" It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I concur. So one of our friends was saying that she her daughter has she's going to learn a hundred words a week in homework. That's part of her homework. A hundred words a week. Just learn them or spell them? Learn and spell them. Fuck off. I know. It's fucking it's just, mad. Got, this is the thing. Everything's got fucking auto-correct on now, so you don't, you don't need to learn any of this shit. Duck it's off. bullshit. <laughs> I didn't have to do this when I was your age. Well, that's the thing. Like, Hannah... Uh, Look at me. I got no qualifications and I'm doing all right. Fuck the school system. Because Hannah was quite well-behaved and well-liked and polite and stuff when she was in school... She swears to this day, she, from about third year on, never did a homework. Mm-hmm. Only did co- the course, uh, like once you got the fifth year, got just did the coursework that yeah. you needed to do for your grades. Never did any homework. Yeah. And just got away with it. Yeah. So you don't, like. It, I never did any homework in primary school and didn't really get away with I it. I don't remember doing homework well, in primary I, school. I remember doing homework in secondary school where it was on the day and stuff and oh, yeah. a lot of homework maths not on done. the bus on the way in yeah. somebody give me your maths homework right now and you just take somebody else's and copy them <laughs> all my, down my I got are... I talked two girls into giving me their English Back essays to the threesome there for a second <laughs> into giving me their English essays uh-huh. and I just took bits from both of them and just wrote them all down and then handed it all in uh-huh. like I didn't I I no oh, it's all fucking stupid I got caught once for not doing homework um when my math teacher in I think it was fourth or fifth year she saw that my homework book had a caricature of her drawn on the cover. <laughs> and she took objection to that, but she knew that that wasn't essentially against the rules. But then she started going through it and realizing that I hadn't been doing the homework. I mean, on the one hand, if I were an art teacher, I'd go, that's quite a good caricature of her because it's recognizable. Well, funny, that's what, the, that's what my head of year said. Looks like, you know, <laughs> it's no a harm. recognizable. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I knew who it was before I had to be told. <laughs> like I if, you're, if you're worried that he's drawn you offensive looking, I, you know, it's accurate. I, I, I certainly played up her worst quality. <laughs> I remember we, sometimes whenever I talk about my primary school, people are like, were you, abu- quite, were you abused at primary school? Yeah, but here's, here's the thing, capital punishment had stopped when you were at primary school. Oh, no, no, it fucking hadn't. What? I mean, what is, what is, uh, across you, across the board, it had stopped, but like not in your primary school, not in our primary school. Okay, <laughs> okay, then fill us in. Like is this in Scotland? No, this is here. Oh, okay. Um, uh, in Scotland, the school that I went to in Scotland, there was seven Where people in Scotland. I was in school from P one to the end of P three. Oh, okay. My class had seven children in it, and I was the only boy. Um, and the entire school had. 37 pupils oh. and then I came here and there was 36 people in my class Ooh. 
Oof. Like, what the, f- what the fuck shock. is the whole school doing here? And why are they all the same age as me? <laughs> um, no, I remember in P6, we were reading either Tom Sawyer or Huck Finn. I can't remember which one. And nobody was reading it. Uh, and the teacher asked, and this is this is how fucking stupid we were. She's like, right, who hasn't been doing the reading? <laughs> and people were like, me, me, I haven't been doing the reading. So she was a terrifying teacher and she pulled everybody up to the front mm-hmm. and like screamed in their faces. Mm. Like, why not? Why weren't you reading your book? This is your homework. Like, but screaming. You can like, smell the coffee on her breath screaming. Um, if anybody done that to Ralphie, I'd fucking hit them. Nathan keeps telling us about teachers that are, there's, um, that are shouting and screaming at them all the time in school. Yeah. And, it's all, and then there's, there's one boy in, 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 uh, was oh it's, this teacher started going at this kid who bought some was eating something with nuts in she's going you got nuts in that you shouldn't bring nuts in you shouldn't bring nuts in for like for 10 minutes or something and then she sat down to have a cup of tea and a Snickers <laughs> and the kid went miss you've got a Snickers and he went she went uh, I hadn't realised she went but you did because you asked is anyone allergic to nuts before you took your Snickers out I genuinely worry. I genuinely worry. They're normal teachers. Are normal people that that are just as likely to have shitty days as good days, and to prefer some people to other people. But at the same time, you kind of want them to be good to your kids. But yeah, that's the the thing. I'm gonna. I I think I am gonna uh, like have a word. Have a word with Ralphie and just be like, look, none of this shit fucking matters. Like don't go, you, don't, you, you do your just work, be careful not to go too far. Yeah, no, I don't, don't, don't want, want him to be a slacker. I don't want him to be a slacker. I'm, no, I was I'm thinking like, nihilist. Just you know, you've got to do. You have to do your work. But like, if somebody's freaking out and screaming, they're not shouting at you. No, like they are shouting at some version of themselves or some version of their parents. They might, and what they imagine you and are. What, yeah, and so anyway, so this this teacher had everybody up at the front, of the, and there was one kid who I, whose name I still remember, and I still remember one day he came to school with his shoes on the wrong feet. So that just that tells you what kind of level we're dealing with and he was laughing at everybody getting shouted at mm-hmm. and she saw him sniggering and just turned on him and got right up in his face and she's like have you read the book mm-hmm. and all he had to do <clears throat> all he had to do was say yes and it, and and it would be fine uh, he might have said yes and then she would have asked him something and that would have been I worse mean, uh, that would have been worse just fuck it no you t- you t- I I'd, it, I'd risk a lie. Out. Yeah, I'd bluff it. And he said no. And she grabbed him under the arm and threw him Fuck. through his table and up like the table and chair scattered everywhere, threw him through the table and up against the blackboard. I remember getting lifted up by my sideburns by a headmaster. <laughs> How old were you? Why did you have sideburns? What's well, going just, on? just those little locks at the oh, okay, like okay, okay. at the front of your ear, like getting lifted up by the sideburn. Having a, a biro pen stabbed into the top of my head by a P five teacher. Like, what? stop <laughs> talking! Stop talking! Like, like, yeah, like school was. Uh... Well, here's one of my weirdest memories from school. So P six, P seven, we had a student teacher in covering us for a week. They get <clears> these these twenty one year olds in you know, <clears throat> to, to teach to learn yeah, how to yeah, teach. Yeah. And uh, one of the things we were doing was we had to write letters to kids at another school. Yeah. So I was, you know, I, I was a fairly smart kid. I, I had my letter written and I wasn't really doing anything other than just sitting around waiting for the lesson to end. And uh, Barry, who sat beside me, said, will you ask her if these are Protestants or Catholics? <laughs> <laughs> and while I was a pretty smart kid, it's uh, at, at P67. 
also uh, pretty suggestible. I was I was completely ignorant yeah. of the political landscape. Mm. Um, so I just went up uh, in front of the whole class. I had Miss are these Protestants or Catholics were writing to, and I remember her standing up and says, "Aaron, you bigot." <laughs> Go and see the headmaster and tell him what you said to me. So I was like, okay, I was pretty scared of the headmaster, but I went down to the office and I said, I said, uh, Mrs. Lockhart. I mean, no harm to your own, but she sounds like a prod. Well, she was English, so it didn't count. Definitely, definitely a prod. So I went went in to see him, Mr. Gilmore, and uh, I said, uh, I've been told to ask you, to tell you that I've been called bigot by the teacher and it's because I asked if the letters we were writing were to Protestants or Catholics. And he said, Sit down, Aaron. I don't agree with it either. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to wait it out, we can wait here. And once it's over, you can go back. (laughs) And that was my introduction, I think, to just to to the the political landscape. I realised that all of a sudden that Oh yeah, I think my headmaster is in the orange order, and I think <laughs> I, I think everyone really is. Uh, there there are different sides here. Yeah, wow. I, I remember uh, falling in love with a girl from another school. You know, mm-hmm. a, a school that began with Saint. Okay. Uh, I think I was as a Catholic girl. For anyone, I was maybe. Is anyone in England who's listening to the show? I was maybe P three or P four, and I think her name was Annette actually. Uh-huh. And she was a. Uh, Hang on. <laughs> So I, we we had like a, a mixed sports day with them, uh-huh. and I just remember spending all the whole day sitting with her and you know holding oh. her hand and being really into her, you know. And I went home and told my mum that I you know I'd met a girl and she was called Annette. And mum's like, well, you and that's forget quite about a Catholic that. name as well. <laughs> forget about Annette. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, school was that was a bit of an eye opener for me at that point. Yeah, I was I was I had not dated at all, and someone had managed to set me up with a blind date with this girl, and I had, so I, I started working. I was fourteen. I was working with a lot of people. I started Catholic. Like I worked with a lot of people who were Protestants. We used to go out with friends of mine into very kind of um, they'd go to house parties and stuff. And they were, I you know, a lot of them were in the TA and stuff. And and I didn't really. I That's was just territorial, territorial army. army. And I remember sitting one time and he said, "You stay." I'm talking, and this guy was saying, "Oh, I should have been here last week. There was a couple of tags, and we started running them down the road. It was great crack." <laughs> Pigs or Catholics, and and I was kind of sitting there going, "Really, it sounds brilliant." Um, but anyway, I, on this blind date, this I got a phone call, and we were chatting away on the phone. She seemed nice, and I, you know, I was trying to be funny and charming and stuff. And then conversation came around to religion in that she went, "Oh yeah, all Catholics are bastards." I went, "Well, I mean, do I am I like a bastard?" She went, "Oh no, you seem really nice." I went, "Yeah, but." I mean, I'm a Catholic. And she went, yeah, all Catholics are bastards. I went, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't make her, I couldn't get her out of that lane at all. She was like so hard coded into that. I couldn't get her out, which is not, I mean, it, I mean, of course it cuts both ways. There's always, there's always going to be Catholics the same, exactly the same kind of fixed attitude to, to the other, oh, yeah. the other side. I but it was like. I remember having a very similar phone call with a girl that I met in the limelight one night and. Thought we'd hit it off, and then I remember on the phone to her, you know, a couple of days later, she told me that you know, only good cops a dead cop. Fuck, <laughs> fuck. I was like, I was like, right, okay. Fuck. I did tell you I'm a Protestant, though, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, well, that's the end of this. Then, bye bye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My, I didn't go on my blind date, but I just I uh, was fine. Like, it's weird, but you're I like, you're find... much younger than us. Yeah, generationally, I think you're. 
Like my kids, the, the generation my kids are now have a completely different experience. Yeah. I mean, school was full of shitheads that would beat you up as soon as you look at you. They're, they're in school now and their kids, kids now are yes. not like that. Yeah, but, but your kids go to school with like Muslims and people who are, yeah. who are all, not even Protestants or Catholics. Hang on, hang on. Some of those Muslims are Protestant Muslims and some of them are Catholic <laughs> Muslims. That's, that's, and we knew that. <laughs> go on, go on. What were you saying there? What were you saying, Scott? I, I always just find it really strange. It's coming from, like, this is going to be quite specific to us, but being, like, That's an indie kid and hanging out at City Hall and that kind of yeah. thing that nobody gave a shit about that. I just find it interesting that somebody from the limelight, which was which is for anybody who's not, like, a, a, a rock kind Believe of... Me, it indie, it surprised me, too. Yeah, yeah, it was just, I just find that weird. Yeah, it never... I remember Do coming to school... Do kids still hang outside, outside City Hall? It used to be, yeah, uh, like, no, Goth pretty, Central no, for yeah, a while. Pretty, it was kind of... Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, yeah. pretty still. We'd walk past on it. I would walk past and go, oh, it's nice little Goths have somewhere to go, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. on the subject of learning acceptance, Apple TV have had a couple of new series this week. Now, what? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's like a just street. go with it. All right, okay. Lord, go wait, with it. Wait for it. Um, okay. So, uh, I think maybe we'll talk about Mythic Quest later. Oh yes, shit! I forgot about this there, weekend. Yeah. They had a new show went up on Friday called Visible out on TV, which is a five part documentary series, mm-hmm. which is about basically how visible LGBT. Q people are on TV from like the 50s up till mm. now and I binge watched the entire thing on Saturday and it was terrific it was a really really good show and it made me realise something that I think most of and I, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago but I think that most of my political opinions and my attitude towards people with sexualities of the mind comes from learning about them from TV shows. Mm. I was this, Gen- this is Generally from like I was characters and shows. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. I wasn't thinking about sexuality. I was thinking about black culture. Oh yeah, probably the same um, for me too. The, the shows that I grew up watching, and I don't know whether this was all we were getting because we had Sky, so we had access to quite a lot of TV Sky, channels. I don't know you were born. <laughs> well, that's what I'm so we had access to quite yeah. a lot, so I don't think it was a, this is all we were getting, but the shows that I grew up watching and still remember were were predominantly black casts. So like Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Cosby Show. Sister, Sister, <laughs> not so much the Cosby Show, that's a bit before me. Oh, God. Sister, Sister. Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Hang, uh, in the House with LL Cool J. Moesha. Raven. Um, that's so Raven. That's, af- that's later. That's after yeah, yeah, yeah. That's after <laughs> my tenure. I'm um, so old. that Keenan only- and Kale. I, tell, yeah. I mean, I'm so old that the only exposure to, to black culture that I got would have been the Black and White Minstrel show. That's Ooh. that's how old I am. Yikes. You did not see much of it at all. There was nothing. There was nothing. Well, Visible is terrific. So the first episode really centers around uh, post-war TV f- first appears mm. and gay people start to see themselves on TV, but they're always the demons. They're always... Mm. But it was that, that's, that's, that's American they, TV. I mean, yes, British the, the TV whole, is whole, very different. It is, and that, that's... American TV is what this whole series yeah. is about. There's no mention of a TV outside of America, mm. but the first thing that they see is is the McCarthy type of trials where they're they're demonizing people for being communists and also for being homosexuals. Mm. And it's it's really interesting to kind of see the progression from one decade to the next of how you know you go from being the worst people in the world to then they start making TV movies about gay people. Where the storyline is kind of like, well, you know, it's, it's a terrible choice you've made for yourself, but, you know, I can try and treat you like a human mm. being, to where they start to become centered in their own narratives. You well, know? Will and Grace, was that the first Will and Grace comes of- in, is, that comes in in episode four, where, yeah. where they, they start talking about how 
they start making shows where the lead character yeah. is gay and can remember it, it starting and it being a big deal but yeah I mean, me not thinking it was a big deal because I think British TV is is just so different but I mean where gay people weren't necessarily demonized but they were certainly caricatured and Car- caricatured and, yeah always and, the, and, the butt of the joke yeah, yeah. And, well no no I don't even think they were always the butt of the joke so I mean so much as always making a joke you know, yeah. at their own expense, often and and well, yeah. I mean, certainly there were there were there were characters on both sides of the Atlantic who were were completely and unavoidably obviously gay, mm. but they they kind of turned themselves into a figure of fun, yeah. You know, because that's their only outlet that they had, yeah, was to be was to be a figure of humor for people, yeah. Because the other option is just to be you know tragic, yeah. You know? And that's I think I think like growing up, I think I assumed. Any gay person would have to be flaming. That was that was their only setting. Yeah, was was kind of outrageously camp, and that was it. I remember trying to figure out or kind of loosely learning what being gay was because my grandmother had told me she loved. Um, what do you call the guy uh, who he, played he Perry Mason? He talks so slowly sometimes. Oh, Raymond Burr. Yeah, Raymond Burr. Yeah, and he, he played Ironside as well. Yes. I was thinking you were going to go, my granny told me about this she time. Loved. She loved this woman and <laughs> the family didn't know anything about it. She talks no. so slowly. He inched this I stuff d- out and it's like, my granny told me about, um, she loved, <laughs> she loved who? Who was it? I'm this being, other woman. You're, you're giving PJ too much of a chance to drive a truck. Yeah, I know. A truck of uh, assumption into that, into that gap. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go so, on. Rim, 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 yes, yeah, we were watching, you know, we, she'd look after us at after schools or whatever. So uh, inevitably I'd end up watching a lot of Ironside and Perry Mason investigates. And one day she told me, do you know he's one of them queers? Jeez. Yeah. And I was like, uh... Perry I, Mason? I, um, and then she says, and you know, I read that he has a ranch somewhere where he takes all his boys to. And I'm going, what? How old were you? I mean, I don't know, maybe like nine or ten. <laughs> That's a lot of information to lay on a there's nine a year lot, old. There's a, lot, there's a lot to decompress there. <laughs> I think whenever you have trouble, you know, with uh, the notion of heterosexual relationships, yeah. homosexual relationships are an awful lot to lay on top of that. Yeah. yeah. And also some sort of dude ranch that that Ironside is yeah, like is wheeling himself up to. At nine, you're just busily worried about cooties or whatever yeah. that women have that you yeah. might get. You know? For me, it was meningitis. Okay. <laughs> I was convinced if I kissed a girl, I was going to get meningitis. Wow. Because okay. there was a when we were ten or eleven, I think an outbreak. There was a massive outbreak, mm. and there was I think there was like two kids died. Across, like across, like it was. A, no, a, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, there was like a huge all between, like of like young teen thing, and they said there was constantly on the news kissing is going to get you meningitis, and mm. I was like, well, fuck that, I ain't doing that. No, no, again. thank you. Not that I did it before, <laughs> <laughs> but it definitely ain't happening now. So yeah, it's really interesting that um, you know they, they kind of go from talking about how they become characters in TV shows to what. The big breakthroughs in what kind of got uh, gay people on TV and actually pretty cracked open the notions of national acceptance of Not gay people. Not a great people. use of phrase, but... Well, uh, <laughs> was uh, reality TV, uh-huh. where people started to see gay people behaving, you know, and, and, and existing in lives that were like their own. Yeah. Or they got to know via a narrative, like on something like American Idol or Survivor or, or shows like that, they got to see gay people 
and maybe before they even realized they were gay, they were invested in them as people. Yeah. And that turned a lot of people around on, on the notion of, you know, things like equal marriage. and. I wonder as well like, how much of uh, an impact that gay people seeing those the, themselves on television yeah. allowed them to come out to relatives and friends. Well, there's, that, that, that there's, has allowed relatives yeah. and friends then to go, oh, okay, well, I... Yeah, I don't know what to do with this, but okay. Yeah, well, a lot. Of, I mean, like the whole the whole series is is a wash with gay celebrities, mm. and a lot of them saying that you know, either they themselves experienced that, or by playing a role on TV, they received like you know hundreds of letters from people saying that you know, mm. seeing you enabled me to tell my parents you know that that I was gay, and I, I was just incredibly moved by the whole series, but also just it was just incredibly well put together, yeah. and. Kind of again struck me that if this was on the BBC or anything else, everyone would be watching it. But because it's on Apple TV, yeah. which which I'm increasingly worried is going to become a ghetto of shows that I, I mean, my feeling is it might be two years before Apple TV really picks up, and then all of these shows will be backlog of Apple TV shows, yeah, and, and they will just be part of that back catalog, and so. People will see them all. It's just it's going to take two two years, I think, yeah. before people really because the first two years is going to take to build enough of it because they're not buying anything else in. They're not you know they're not going. No, let's they're generating we, we, everything. Everything's themselves. brand new. There's no old content to put in there. It's all brand new stuff. I think how pissed per Netflix was for like the first probably three. It's years. really weird whenever you look at something on Netflix and you go. Shit, I remember when that came out, it was a really big deal because it was one of the first Netflix originated shows. And now there's like, you're knee deep into these yeah, things. Yeah, I mean, I remember buying, I remember I had Love Film whenever, back when Love Film were sending out discs, mm. sending out physical discs for you to watch. And then when they transferred to online, I was like, oh, this, this new Netflix thing launched. I was like, I can't wait. A movies on demand. And I remember scrolling through and literally seeing nothing that I recognized. Mm. I, d- I don't, didn't know any of these films, and I stumbled upon The Hunted, Benicio Del Toro and uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I must have watched it about six times, <laughs> because it was the only thing on there that I had any Entry, yeah. recollection of. Yeah. So, you know, and look where they are. Look where they are now. Uh, so the other show that's on the Apple TV that's just out is... Um, Mythic Quest. Mythic Quest. Raven's Banquet. We have watched the first four episodes. Oh, oh, oh no, so close. <laughs> Oh, I think so. We, they, they, you, you would know if you'd watched episode five. Okay, so the the episode that we just finished was StreamerCon. Okay, um, so I think that's up four where they they uh, episode hire. five takes a weird left turn. All oh, right, okay, uh, fuck. I don't know if it's a left turn so much as it just feels like you're watching a different show. Yeah, I was watching it going. It's, this is I am I am I hallucinating? <laughs> oh, what the fuck? What time is it? Can I watch it tonight? Maybe. Well, it's it's an excellent. It would work entirely it an, well as a short film. It's amazing. It's brilliant, um, and it, it's it, thematically it ties into the rest of the show. So it's a love story about these two characters that were in the video that, that started a video game company somewhere in the eighties or nineties. Yeah. yeah, and All right, well, don't spoil it for me. I'm, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I'm saying I'm just to give you some context. It's still yeah, part of the show. This episode doesn't feature any of the characters from Mythic Quest, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's a it's a it's um, almost like a, it's it's not like a prequel. It's almost it's just like. Here's an, an adjoinder. Yeah, what do they call them? A, a bottle episode? No. No, 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 no. no. It's almost like a standalone story in, in the scene. It? It's it? Jake Johnson. Oh, I like, oh yeah, yeah. brilliant. Oh, I was wondering why, yeah. yes, I've seen stills of him in it. I was like, oh, he hasn't, he hasn't popped up yet. And I don't know the name of the girl in it. Um, she's plays. great as well. She's really good. But, I mean, to talk about it anymore, it's not really the sort of thing you can spoil, but it's just a really nice half hour of TV. It's a beautiful... 
Um, it's, it's, it's a beautiful like when, rom-com story yeah. that isn't as kind of laugh-heavy and as it just it feels so different from everything else, and you're kind of going, "Fuck, that's really weird." So like when Master of None did the obviously they have. Have you watched Master of None? Yes. They've got obviously their overarching love story but then one episode in the middle is three yeah. other separate love stories and one of them takes place with a deaf couple who, and it is all you in know silence what reminds me of? did you watch the episode of master of none where it was just focused on lena with's character yes it's like that oh right okay okay so it's really good i think it should win loads of awards but it won't because no one will have seen it yeah <laughs> um and it, and a part of me kind of wants to go let's because that's that's it you don't you know after episode mythic five quest you it, never go back to those people mythic quest itself has been good yeah it's been f- a little bit slow mm. i think um it's hard to but know. i think I mean, it's what, a, is, what is what does speed mean in a show like that i mean what does slow mean it's in a just show kind like of that? like i i think there's a lot of heavy lifting for this for the narrative to do to get the viewers up to speed on what a video game company even is, is. yeah there's yeah. a yeah yeah and they've had to spend a lot what of is time. an art director versus what is a programmer yeah. what, yeah. how do you but understand they've also that? had to spend a lot of time like talking about loot crates and yeah like and explaining loot crates and what does a streamer do and why the streamers yeah. are important and which is fine and I, I i i do get that but i mean just some of the characters i just feel are haven't been developed Yet, mm. yeah, funny. I mean, the the one for me that works the whole way through, right from the start, is F. Murray Abraham's character. Yeah, yeah, because he's not playing something from that world. No, he's not. He's, he's very much playing a stereotype from yeah. from another. And there, show. you know, there's it does it does things that I think are interesting, and then it does things that I think fall into just the kind of tropes. Um, and the things that are interesting give me hope for getting better. I mean, the biggest surprise for me was that it was nothing like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Despite having the exact same writing team. Yeah. You know, it's kind of refreshing to see that they can kind of create something that's completely different in voice and yet have, you know. And still massively sweary. So all this like Apple TV is going to be a family friendly, wholesome. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think what's obvious is that that narrative was completely wrong from yes. the start. Yeah. And I think that was the New York Times originally reported that. And they haven't backed off on it, which is really surprising. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. they, they never walked that story back even after it, it was made very clear that that's never been the case. Yeah. And, you know, there were all these stories about Eddie Q and uh, Tim Cook offering lots of notes and, you know, family, you know, make it more family friendly. Don't be so mean. And it's pretty clear that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's as hard as as anything else out there. I mean, what I, you know, I don't know what they were expecting whenever they offered Rob McElhenney and Charlie Day their yeah. own series. Um, but I, I, I'm enjoying it and I hope it gets better because I like Episode five spectacular involved, and I just want I just want a little bit more meat. Yeah, want a little bit more meat from it because I uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine started back, and that was just like that was just like slipping into a warm bath. But the thing is, like Brooklyn Nine Nine, my fear. Brooklyn Nine Nine. (laughs) Is a cop show, and we all know all the tropes. We know everything about cop shows. There's nothing about a cop show that hasn't been explored a million times before. So we don't need anything other than what are these characters like? Here you go, off and running. Whereas, I mean, you're right, you do need to understand. You you need to understand what the power dynamic is between the characters to understand why it's important to them. A lot of people compared it to Silicon Valley, and I think it has the same struggles as Silicon Valley did, in that it's a really esoteric piece of. What do we call it? The world is set in is something that you need to explain to the viewers, yeah. Before and there's no the humor makes one, sense, one thing, and I, I like generally writers will write a a, a a character that walks into this world. It'll be you know the the 
you know, some new intern or something yeah. and you'll follow them and they don't know what any of this stuff is. So it has to be explained to them. But you're the, you know, the intern is you, the audience, and they don't have that in this show. Well, so they do. They have the assistant. She, it's her first day in the first episode. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but she, but very quickly she, she becomes a parody of yeah of uh, not of herself, but of just she is just a psychopath. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So you don't have that character because normally that character but would he, be the he, one you'd follow through the entire. Yeah, series but he over. does the, her the guy the executive producer Rickety Cricket from from It's Always Sunny mm-hmm. walks her through all of the rooms. Is that and him? Entry. Yeah, that's Rickety Cricket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and I only and I only realized whenever there was they're all sitting around the table and somebody calls him a soy boy beta cuck uh-huh. and I was like that's straight from it's always sunny and then as soon as I thought about it's always yeah, sunny I was like was in your head. holy I shit know, that's yeah. rickety cricket yeah but he walked you I know because it's hard to remember what he looked like before before before, the, was, before he met them yeah because yeah. he he reminds me a bit of her star from preacher who starts off looking really cool and then. By the end of it, it's like a big scar on his head that makes him look like a cock. And he's, <laughs> he's walking around it's also, destroyed. It's also funny that in It's Always Sunny, the McPolans, they're really disgusting. They like, they like to drink warm milk. They like to drink oh, the milk. Oh. One of those guys is the man in black from Westworld. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's weird, and isn't that, it? And that one is I know, bizarre. I know, it's especially bizarre if he's a bit sweaty. Yeah. Because <laughs> that character's always yeah. pouring with sweat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's it's good fun. It's good. Yeah, uh, fifth episode's yeah. where it's at. Uh, oddly, I think you can watch the fifth, fifth episode I, like immediately if you've never seen it. You, you, could watch it you, you could watch it entirely separately from the rest of the show and enjoy it. In fact, you can watch that and, free, and just not watch the rest of the show if you I'm really fancy it. Pick up on something we talked about. I just want to talk about it briefly. Hannah started watching. Talk about the it Witcher. for about mm, the 20, twenty minutes. Yes, Hannah started uh, watching right. The Witcher. And? She loves it. Oh right, okay. She loves it. Good, but she like she loves uh, loved Outlander, loves Carnival Row, yeah. those sorts of things. She told she's told me I'll hate it, uh-huh. so I'm not going to bother watching it. <laughs> but I did see about a half an episode. I think it was episode three, fuck. and I was he keeps just turning around taken and Campbell just goes, by fuck how cheap the show looks. <laughs> It looks like it had fuck all budget. I've been watching old Doctor Who. I, Apparently, I mean, it's the most expensive like... show Netflix have ever made. No, I can't. I, I cannot believe that <laughs> because the crown looks expensive. Mm. The crown looks like you can see every penny squeezed to within an inch of its life. This looks like, but then the crown. I mean, the crown has a lot of stuff already there. I mean, like, it does, but like good costume designers. Away you go, there you go. But like, like Game of Thrones, yeah, Game of Thrones. Even in season one, there's you know there's corners being cut there, but it doesn't look like this. I wonder if that. A, I there, wonder if there's a kind of video game aesthetic that's going on there that that is maybe making it. Yeah, I kind of wonder if, if than, it's like the grid or something makes it look particularly weird. But the thing was, he, he was he was tied up in a cave and he was tied to his bard, and these elves were going to kill him. Yeah. And one of them was wearing episode three, I a shit Doctor Who mask. Yeah, just a, just a lizard or a no, it wasn't. It was like a, a ram, like a ram's yeah. head. And I was like, that looks fucking terrible. Uh-huh. And then its eye blinked. Yeah, I was like, well, they've clearly spent money on it. Yeah, why does it still look so shit? <laughs> it just it yeah, just it does not that ram's head so guy does not cheap. look good. Yeah. But then um, some of the other monsters are, I mean, like the monster in that first episode where he's fighting the, the big, uh, it's a big crabby spider Shan't thing. Shan't be watching it. Ah. 
Um, tell Hannah it's great. Hannah, Hannah has loved it, and she's probably not watching. I wonder. It for the I wonder what part of like the that. naked Henry Cavill that she finds appealing. Hey, him walking in. It's it's just it's really funny. Every time something goes, there's a big monster and five monsters attacking a vampire attacks, and then the the other guy's going, "Oh, here we go. We're going to get them." And he just turns around, and looks at, and goes, "Oh, fuck." <laughs> I love that. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Fuck. Is he the next Bond, do you reckon? Cavill? Uh, yeah. Nah. I, still, right I, I still wanted to be Daniel Kaluuya, but that's just me. Mm. Do we have, we have we all heard the song? Uh, yeah, I've heard it. The Billy, uh, the Billy Irish yeah, I quite like it. Bond song. I quite like it. I mean, it is a bit mopey Bond, but I, 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 I don't like really it. have strong feelings on it. I like Billy Eilish. I like... Um, it sounds like a Bond song. It sounds like a Bond song. Yeah. And if I have any complaint, it's it's that... It you shouldn't sound like a Bond song. If you'd song. taken her vocal out of it and just played me the instrumental, I'd still know it was a Bond song. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. So, yeah. And I think that's that's sort of a bit to do with the way the producers kind of hamstring the songwriters by saying, yeah. you've got to make it sound like it's a Bond gotta, song. Yeah. It's got to have Bond themes in it. Yeah. Um, eventually, you're going to run out of pop music forms you can, yeah. <laughs> you can kind of it's, make yeah, this yeah. it's just you like do, you do want them to go hell for leather on a different kind well, of well, sound well, well, like, like George Formby why can't we have something like that <laughs> but whenever they go when different when I'm shooting Germans you <laughs> <end> up, <laughs> when you go different you end up with Jack White and Alicia Keys and I fucking hated no, that I think that's my favourite one of recent years no, I can't remember that, what that song like it's horrendous oh. it is like a cat being smashed with a hammer it's yeah. really good it's not <laughs> it is not and even that one and you know has what, bomb themes in it do you know what makes it? Do you know what makes it worse? Is they recorded a Shirley Bassey song for that movie and they didn't <laughs> fucking use it. Oh no, I, I I couldn't listen to Shirley Bassey now. What is she now? Ninety nine. I who gives a fuck? The song's called No Good About Goodbye and it's amazing. No good no, about, no about goodbye. goodbye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't be up for that. Um, Daniel Kaluuya as Bond. I think what they're doing. I think this is a backdoor pilot. Well, and okay. I think that you think the, that the girl's going to become. Yeah, I think I you're think probably that right. the girl is is going to become the next, wait, not the wait, next Bond. So in the in the trailer, there is the new double O Bond's retired. I'm, all right, he's, but, you Bond's know, I'm extrapolating. Bond's always, he's always either retiring or he's just had his license revoked. It's yeah. one of the two things. But or he's so he's retired. Trade. So she's the new double O. She's been a double O for two years. Yeah, and she basically says, "Don't fuck with me, or I'll shoot you." So I, am, I think is this a trailer. I yeah. don't think I've seen the trailer. I've heard the song, but I'm seeing yeah. the trailer. Is the song in the trailer? No. Okay. Trailer come out, trailer who plays, who plays that girl? Um, I can't. I forget her name. No time to bond. No, it's Lashana Lynch, who was in uh, Captain Marvel as. Uh, oh yes, yeah, she she's um, Monica. Monica Monica Rambo. Rambo. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's the other Captain Marvel, Monica Rambo. Or no, is the kid Monica? Is she is she Monica's mum or is Monica? I can't remember. I can't remember. She's she, she's Monica Rambo. She's Maria, the kid. Maria Rambo. She's Maria she? Rambo. Yeah, yeah, she's the kid's mum, and Monica becomes uh, yeah later on. She actually is English. Yes, she is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have this theory that every every time you see a new black Ameri- black American actress in a film, yeah, she's, she's really English. English. Yeah, it's almost one hundred percent. Yeah, mm. um, I'm not sure how that works out, but uh, it seems to be the case. Because Letitia Wright, who was in Black Panther, yeah, yep, she's English, and uh, Julie Turner Smith, who's in Queen and Slim, yeah, English. Although um, apparently she's lived in America most of her life, but oh, right, still okay. counts. <laughs> We're anyway, claiming her, yeah. <laughs> I think that this is a back, it might be a backdoor pilot and that she, once they either, I'm going to say kill, they're not going to kill Bond, which is really sad. Um, They might do. I don't think they will. I mean, if they're going to, if they're going to pilot this, her as the new 007, killing Bond is the smart thing to do. 
I know, but because I just don't other, think they have the balls to do it. Otherwise, she'll become 007 in the next film, and then she'll be off, and then you'll find a bloke who'll be James. I mean, it doesn't work in terms of continuity, because the continuity in Bond films is always completely new James Bond, and maybe M or Moneypenny. Well, that was the always same. the way it was, but I think whenever, whenever they brought in Daniel Craig, there seemed to be more of an effort to kind of keep a, a continuity of story from one to the next, yeah. which wasn't there before. Yeah, and, and the idea that... Bond, James Bond is a, a code name that moves with ages. Yeah, Whoever 007 is, he's always James Bond or I, she's always I mean, that, James that, Bond. That, that was kind of the way I always worked mm. in my head up to that point. Yeah. I, 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 I definitely think that what they want to do is keep this continuity going. Yeah, It's not the way it works in Casino Royale, the, the non-James Bond canon one. Isn't it, isn't oh, the, like the three David Niven one? Yeah, the David Niven one. Isn't there like a handful the, of There's James multiple Bond? James Bonds, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I think that's the best thing just for it. Just kill him. Just well, shoot him I, in the head. I, I, had a, I had a fan. I had a fan. Oh, I have a fan. Oh, I've, I, have you got a fan film in your head? Well, I, the way I kind of had this planned out in my head, now this is, I've, I've maybe told this before on the podcast, but the way I had it in my head was Daniel Kaluuya or John Boyega. That was my two picks, right? Oh. You need to have one or the other. I want, out of those two, I, I think Daniel, Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya yeah. yeah. And he was going to be a, a squatty who's just been promoted up to. The, the 007 branch, the 00 branch, and he's shadowing Bond on a mission, and they work together, and the whole yeah, way through... They'd never pick a spy out of squaddies. Well, Bond came through the Navy, so maybe... If no, he goes, that's a, but that's ah, a very... He ah, came through naval but, intelligence. But if he comes up through squad, if he comes up through uh, that and becomes, it goes through the SAS, that's kind of a similar... similar God, they're more physical is the thing, you see. They're, 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 not, they're not... I think Bonds are generally from military intelligence. They're, no, they're, they're blunt instruments. <laughs> Because, okay, fair because enough. the O branch is fictional. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, oh shit, is it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but in real life, the the the, bra- the the you know the people who they actually sent out, they all they're all from like fairly heavy artillery backgrounds. Oh, yeah? okay, yeah. I did not. How do you know this? Well, I, I knew I knew Protestants because, got a different education because than the, the, the bomb thing is based off the the group that's known as like you know the the scalp hunters and and the. In what do you call it, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, mm-hmm. and they're also known as the the Minders in Queen and Country. It's the same. It's the same small unit, mm. Sandbaggers in the show Sandbaggers. Yeah, okay, so they're all they all come from like SAS backgrounds, okay. things like that. So anyway, the, the CI five, the the professionals, they're all. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, there isn't really a job where you get to have, like, you get paid, you know, 75 grand a year, shag any woman you want, and you get to drive around cars and can turn invisible. <laughs> so, so anyway, in my, in my in my fan version of this, uh, Kaluuya is sent on a mission as backup for Bond, uh, and they, you know, grudging respect, blah, blah, blah. But Bond's like, stay away from me. This is my mission. I've got to kill this guy. You know, stay, blah, blah, blah. And then in the end, Bond dies, and Kaluuya takes over. And then the, the, Got to complete the mission. In the last scene, you know, Kaluuya would go in to see... Voldemort and M. M. <laughs> and he would say you know like um, you've been accepted into the double O program what number what number do you want to pick you get to pick your code now and he picks the name James Bond mm. out of respect for his mentor you know that, yeah, that, that that's, was, uh, that's the end and is loosely what fan film I have in my head right, as well okay. I I have basically on Her Majesty's Secret Service from so Bond and uh, Dr. Swan drive off at the end of Spectre mm-hmm. but then Blofeld either kills or very seriously wounds, probably has to kill um, per Madeline Swan. Are you still excited by Bond? I mean, yes. <laughs> Moving on. I can't help it. I, 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 I can't, yeah, yeah. I, 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 it's it's in my DNA. Like I want to see it, but I want to see them do something really brave with yeah. it. Okay. I still, like, I'll still get disappointed by it. Like, I'm okay. not blindly, blindingly going to sit there and just take whatever I, they're going to throw I think the last, at me. the last Bond film I felt 
properly invested in Goldeneye. Goldeneye. Yeah. And and after that, and I think I took my wife to see Goldeneye, and the scene where he leaps out of the airplane, the to get no, into, he, he he jumps off the bike. Jumps off a bike to get into an to airplane. To get into the airplane, yeah. And and because of the gravity and the fall of that, and they're he's all faster fall- than the part descent of the plane. Well, it's not so much that it's Annette went. He's flying. How is, how is James Bond flying? She was absolutely convinced he was flying. I was going, no, it's gravity. See, they're both falling at equal speed. And she was having none of that. As far yeah. as she was concerned, Bond could now fly. <laughs> and, and I was like, no, no. Not you, hashtag, uh, not my Bond. Yeah. Uh, and and I think as well, uh, who was, was was playing Bond in that? Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan, yeah. Pierce Brosnan was always going to be Bond. It was you know, like the Pierce Brosnan card was marked for Bond for so long. That I that it oh there's this thing I always think that, that worries me is when you get exactly what you want you should never get exactly what you want. Pierce Brosnan was exactly what you want ten years too late. Yeah, yeah. He should have done it whenever Dalton did it, mm-hmm. but people are are. Well, he was offered the job. He was offered the job, but it, it, but, but the, he was doing the Rockford Files. No, he was doing the Rockford Remington, Files. Remington Steel. Remington, Remington, Remington Steel. Steel. Yeah. Well, he wasn't doing it. They had decided to cancel it. <laughs> but when he got offered the Bond gig and the publicity mm-hmm. kick, oh, machine it, kicked it up, suddenly, it suddenly it got uncancelled. Wow. Um, That's a kick in the yeah, nuts, isn't it? Yeah, which he wasn't happy about, but contractually he was obliged. See, Daniel, Daniel Craig, I, I quite like the idea of as a Bond because he looked nothing like... like how can you not be excited by Casino Royale? Yeah. Casino I've Royale seen, no, I did see is, Casino Royale. is... I thought it was good fun. I can't remember anything about it at all. If I've any complaint about it, it's that Daniel Craig clearly isn't enjoying making them. <laughs> yeah. You can tell. I mean, he's, well, he's, he's brilliant in Knives Out. He's brilliant. Is he? That's he's the thing. If you watch Knives any out. other film that Daniel Craig's in, and he's having a fantastic time. Yeah, like Knives Out, he's fantastic. Logan Lucky, I've never seen a man enjoy a role so much. <laughs> I think he just likes doing accents. Yeah, I think if they'd let Bond like I go like back, doing when Sean Connery pretended to be Japanese, oh, right. <laughs> like if they if they let Daniel Craig so get away if, with if, that, if they let Joe, yeah, like James Bond do like a foghorn leghorn yeah. kind of thing. Um, so anyway, yeah, they kill Madeline Swan, and he goes off on revenge for Blofeld. They bring back Dave Batista. Okay. So in the inspector, inspector, he gets the chain tied around his neck and it, yank, it gets yanked off a train with the, the barrels, like a la Jaws, because okay. the barrels then roll off the, the train the way they do in Jaws. He comes back with a, obviously the, the, the chain didn't break his neck, but it shattered his jaw. So he comes back with a metal jaw. Jaws. Oh, he's Jaws. Jaws. He's Jaws. Jaws. And... Bond then goes, and basically it's a suicide mission. He kills Blofeld, but kill, he, he dies in the process. And then M appoints... Where's Daniel Kaluuya coming to this? Well, it, it could be Daniel Kaluuya. It could be, the thing is, at the end of the film, M says, this is in order to honour the best, blah, blah, blah. That we're, we're, that we can think of no higher honour than appointing you James Bond 007. Yeah. And... Uh, I mean, go. Spectre now knows all our code names and and uh, code words for our agents. So fuck it, just keep. Yeah, the we same may as well one. just yeah. Well, just keep the same, same one. Fuck it. Shanna, then she's still going to be James Bond. Jane Bond. No, she'll just be James Bond. James Bond. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's I, the thing. I, Everybody knows the name whenever he turns up at a casino, whether it's a boy or a girl. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. James Bond's here. Is he in a dress? What's Bo- What's he do? look like now? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it matters. Anyway. No, I'm still, I'm always going to be excited for a Bond film. All right. Do um, we have a pick of the week? Do we have picks of the week? I, I kind of blew mine on Visible. What? You blew it? Yeah, sorry. Uh, okay, then. Do you have a pick of I, the week? Yeah, I, I watched uh, 21 Bridges with Chadwick Boseman and Sienna Miller. 
Uh, produced by the Russo brothers. It was their kind of thing, their kind of baby project that they did after Infinity War. They didn't, although oh. they didn't direct it. It was directed by... Can't remember. It, the guy from here, he directed he, it on the first season of Game of Thrones, uh, Brian Kirk. Okay. Brian Kirk directed it. And basically Chadwick Boseman is internal affairs cop who has... This is the, the there's a couple of weird things about it, but he's basically uh, over the his course of time being in internal affairs, investigating other police officers. He's killed seven police officers. Mm. He says they were all good kills, but dirty cops. They yeah, they're all dirty Clean cops. Clean kills, dirty cops. Bad um, coppers. <laughs> but seven is a lot. Yeah. And these two guys, or, or in the words of the, the Vulcan, cheeky wee fuckers. That's <laughs> fine. These two guys go and they, they think they're going to rob a small time drug dealer, but they end up robbing a massive drug dealer who uh-huh. get interrupted by police officers. There's a big shootout and another bunch of police officers die. And in order to prevent these two cop killers from getting off Manhattan Island, they close all 21 bridges out of Manhattan uh, because so that there's nowhere to go and they have boats patrolling around. I don't feel like that's a realistic thing though. I don't feel like that's a real thing you would he do. He says you can only do it for a few hours. Yeah, he's, it's, it's, it's nighttime. Oh, it's that's after, a clever, you've got 12, four hours to close this case. It's Yeah, it's basically, you've, it's after, it's midnight now. Yeah. Um, he says, I need to reopen at 7 a.m. So away you go. JT, J.K. Simmons is in it. Always who's good. always, always good value. Um, and it's it's far from perfect, but it's very enjoyable. I had a good time watching it. I think I was kind of about fifty to fifty minutes ahead of where the end of the film was. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. Where it's, the film yeah, it's going. not so yeah. sixty minute film. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't think the twist it's kind of predictable. Yeah, I don't think the twist is anywhere near as surprising as they think it is. Mm. It's it's quite, but I mean, I don't think that that necessarily takes away from the film. I don't always need to be. Twisted. Holy crap, it was them all along. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I don't mind a, a bit of a cat and mouse. <gasps> there was a 20 seconds bridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, no one knew about it. It's a secret bridge, um, George Washington. Sienna Miller's built. really good in it. Yeah, she is actually. Yeah. Like, Sienna, like, she's done a couple of things now. There's one that was on Apple TV, um, The American Woman, I think it's called. American Woman! <laughs> And she's a, a woman who's just kind of trying to get back to normality after her daughter is abducted and killed. Haven't seen it. And she, uh, she like, like a laugh. Yeah, yeah, it's here. <laughs> um, and she's really good in that. She's she just turned in a couple of really solid performances over the last year or so, which I was surprised about. Okay, do you have a pick? Sort of. Yeah, I, I picked this one other time, but I'm picking it again because there's a uh, second series. Jesus it's the second Christ. series is coming up. Altered Carbon. I kind of went. I've started rewatching it. Okay. In, in light of the second series coming up, which is Altered Carbon, as a kind of cyberpunky Blade Runner esque thing where people. Is it good? I heard it was a bit shit. That's which is why uh, I didn't bother watching it's, it. It's the sort of stuff that I would have loved at the age twenty one. It's it's like <laughs> cyberpunk. Oh, it's so it's cyberpunk up through the wazoo. It's you know people have sta- have have these kind of memory chips in the back of their spine. Uh, if you get killed, as long as that's okay, you can be resleeved. You can walk out with a new body. People who are rich can live forever effectively. People who are poor will often get the get themselves resleeved into whatever is available. So sometimes you'll you'll be a young like you'll be a, an eight year old girl resleeved into a granny's body because that's all that's available. So it's kind of it's a bite. Um, uh, this this character who's kind of awoken two hundred and fifty years after he died. He he was essentially a um, a kind of rebel in this uh, in this war, and then it's like planet spanning. But I think this is all set on Earth, uh, and he's been re- rewoken by this guy who was someone tried to kill him, but he doesn't know if he was 
actually someone tried to kill him or he tried to take his own life because what happened was he killed his body and his his and his stack which is the, the kind of his in essence his memories and everything w- is uploaded to a, a satellite every 20 minutes so in the 20 minute gap someone killed his body and he has no memory of what happened oh, okay. to him so so it's a kind of murder mystery thing but there's all these other layers to it because there's all these other things going on and and so the guy who's kind of woken up to 150 years later is remembering um you know his his partner and and his sister and all these other characters and he he stays in this hotel which is an AI hotel and the hotel I mean I don't understand the econ- economics of this how this works at all but the hotel AI hotels essentially are giant hotels with a computer that's sort of built into the hotel and manifests itself as a an artificial a sort of hologram person, and this one is called the Raven, and it's Edgar Allan Poe is the hologram that manifests, and and they're undyingly loyal to whoever they they the the person is that's standing there. But the, he's only got one guest, so I don't know how they make any money. I don't I don't quite understand the economics of the world, but it, it's filled with the sort of sci-fi junky stuff I would have caught out I would have loved when I was like 18 or 19 <laughs> and how um, do you feel about it now I quite like it I mean, I mean it's drawing me in as a kind of oh this is so that's so cool I like I like all this hologrammy stuff I like, and he's kind of the the guy who's I think it's Tag, Tagashi Kovacs I think is his character's name sort of Japanese Polish um, character you don't give me any uh, of them no well, and he's played by so the original Body was a Japanese uh, guy, and then he's resleeved into the actor who's in For All Mankind, the main actor in that. Joel Kinnaman, yeah, big tall fella, yeah. um, and so, and and he's he's they call him envoys, and the envoy is basically they're able to kind of totally assess the situation and ninja the fuck out of it, you know. And, but he walks around everywhere carrying a little kid's bag and stuff, and it's it's I I really I'm, I've been really enjoying it, but, and and I kind of watched it once, but I was working while I was watching it and didn't quite glom on to just how Blade Runner it is. I mean, it fell in love with Blade Runner and fucked the corpse of it several oh. times to get a kind of Blade Runner. Award. <laughs> so you know it's filled with and then there's interesting things about religions that, that don't believe you should be re-slaved and all this stuff and okay so yeah. it's you know it's, it, it's it's from that core idea of being able to kind of be re-slaved and essentially become immortal um and and of course it's got the rich who live in this floating city above and a body of a girl was dropped down at some point, and there's a detective trying to investigate that and stuff. And of course, the rich are so rich, you've got to do everything they say. So anyway, that's 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 that. Okay, that I have thought of something I've, I've watched. Oh, the second series has got the guy who's I think it's the guy who played the Falcon in it. Or is it is the new series coming? Oh, out? Um, maybe it's not him, Anthony Mackie. Yeah, it is Anthony Mackie. Yeah, is he in? Yeah, it? pretty sure. It? Yeah. I remember seeing a poster. Yeah, around it, so, I'm pretty so sure it's him. The same, I think it's the same character, but he's been resleeved in Anthony Mackie's body. So okay, which is an it's like a Doctor Who way of re, kind of rejuvenating the same thing over and over. Okay, but anyway, sorry. Uh, I have thought of something that I've been watching. Uh, it's a bit of a surprise for me because. Uh, normally, I don't like uh, reality television, but I do like documentaries. It's um, not the Masked Singer, is it? No, it is. Um, uh, so I, I guess it isn't. It isn't reality television. It's a documentary series called Cheer uh-huh. on uh, Netflix. Which oh, is I've a, heard it's great. A six part, a six part series about following a um, a cheerleading team mm-hmm. in America, uh, getting ready to compete for the, the national cheerleading um, contest, and it's just really, really good. It's 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 put together really well the characters or the people in it are really engaging uh, you know they, they manage to put a very good narrative together to, you know you get very invested very quickly mm. in, in the characters um, I, I don't really want to talk about too much because uh, one we're kind of running out of show here and two to talk about too much would be to spoil it but 
an awful lot of the time you are watching it going, oh, that must have hurt. <laughs> and there's an awful lot of that in it because you're, you're watching like, you know, four or five large burly gay guys throwing a very small girl into the air about mm -hmm. 15 feet. And will they or will they not catch her is, okay. is, the, is, is, is kind of. And who, and who will not get on Matt? Who will not get on Matt? Yeah. Yes, is Matt a person? No, no Matt. Matt. So whenever they say, "Oh, on, that's on Matt," is, on this, Matt. is to be presenting, doing you, the cheerleading. You get twenty thing. people to perform on the actual day, and there's about forty people in the in the whole club. Ah, you know, right, so right, it's like, right. who is on Matt for the actual okay. thing? Yeah, and you know, people, really good. People come and go. And is there finals? Because there's always finals. The finals in these is the last episode. Wow, I, I thought that might be finals. I haven't watched that yet. Super excited about finals. They win or not? Do they talk about? Well, this will get us through to finals, or what will we do at finals? They're automatically through to finals because they win. A lot. Oh, do they? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. There's a really good uh, Saturday Night Live. This, this is going to be my other pick of the week. Saturday Night Live was hosted by JJ Watt. Uh, I think two weeks ago. He's an American football player. I don't. If it's always the people who you don't expect to be fucking hilarious are great. Uh, and this guy who has no acting experience is terrific throughout the entire episode. Mm -hmm. And you can get them all on YouTube. But they have a, a sketch about cheer, which is very, very funny. Okay. All right, well, that's our show. Thanks for listening. I've been PJ. I've been Ron. I'm Scott. Bye. Bye. Bye.